0: We're in the book of First Corinthians. This is a this is a fun passage. Do you guys like? I I'm a very open person, right? And so like, uh, I I struggle writing the beginning of any kind of sermon because it's like okay. So I can get up here and sound really stiff and be like, oh, you guys, you know, or I have this illustration I kind of might use here in just a second, or I can be like, you know, like. You know, it's hard for me to catch your attention, right? So, like I'm just an open, like I'm a personable guy. i I just want to talk to you guys, right? That's where I come from. Uh, I think God is trying to speak to us um, if you if you have the outline today, the the sermon notes, um, I'm sorry, they're not the best. It's not the best outline um, because the truth is is like, the passage we're in in 1st Corinthians chapter number 12 it's hard because because 12 13 14 these chapters are all saying the same thing they're they're super important and impactful together and and I want us like I'm trying to approach it and and I don't want to be up here I recognize like If you go look at the time on all my sermons, I'm I'm progressively getting longer and longer, and I want to break that trend. I don't want to, like, I recognize, like, attention, like, it's limited, okay? Like, I get we're getting back to three-hour movies nowadays, but, like, I I don't know if you guys are ready for me talking for three hours. So, you know, we're going to try to keep this short, um, but, like, the context of this passage is it's much bigger than, than really just the verses we read today. And really, as we look at the context of this book and and why Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, right? like there's a handful of different problems in the church that he's trying to address, and one of them is this like within the church at Corinth is there's, there's this there's this divide that's happening. there's almost like multiple tiers of like Christians, right? And there's there's the ones that are really saintly and godly and God has really gifted them and then there's the others that well God didn't really gift them and and they're not really as good and maybe someday they'll be as good as these guys. And and really there's beginning to be this divide in the church and and it's not the only reason he wrote this letter, but like there's three or four chapters here that are dedicated to trying to understand a problem that's happening in the church at Corinth. And from that, Paul teaches some theology that I think is really, really important for us as we consider who we are as a church. Really, my my heart and my desire is to be preaching right uh, currently on this idea of uh, our mission statement. And we have uh, four words uh, on our mission statement. It's um, serve, share, strengthen, and send. And we've talked a little bit, we've spent all last month talking about the words serve and share, what it means to, to actually serve each other, to serve God, to serve our community. We've talked about what it means to actually share, share the gospel. That's what God's called us, commanded us to do. He's commissioned us to share the good news of what Jesus has done. And, and, and we should be sharing our lives with people, right? But now, now there's this idea of, okay, so why the church? right? Like, everything I've talked about with serve and share, ultimately, like, let's be honest, that's an, like, there's an individual responsibility in this, right? Like, if I'm following Jesus, I have the responsibility to love God, to serve God, to serve others, to, to share the gospel, right? Like, I, I'm given that responsibility. So now we're kind of asking this question, so why the church? Why are we here? Why are you here? Well, hopefully our mission statement is that together we can do the things we've already talked about, right? Like there's strength in numbers, right? Like we can encourage and help each other to do those things and we can provide opportunities to do those things. But if we're actually going to start asking the question of why we are here, we have to kind of like look to God. Because I, the truth is, is I, I'm sure looking around the room, there's for everyone here, there, there might be multiple different reasons why you're here, right? Some of you are here in need. Some of you are here because it's what you do. Some of you are here because you're unsure, you're seeking or you're questioning there, there's many reasons why you might be here, but what I want us to look at today from this passage is that God has each of us here for a reason. God has a purpose for each member to be a part of his church. I, I don't have this anywhere in my notes, but I, I just realize I'm I'm speaking about a word that I want us to get on the same page. Because sometimes we, we use words and we don't know what the definition is, right? And, and so I'm a big fan of defining terms. And so when I say church, right, I don't mean the building. This is um, a, a pastor I worked under for a while. He, he, he loved to call it a box. This is a box, right? And the truth is, is this building is just a box, Hopefully, it's a nice box, and hopefully, we can do good things with the box that God has given us, right? But it's just a box, right? What is the church? The church is a—it's a, a, like, literally, the word means like, like if we go to back to the Greek word for church, it, it just means like an assembly. It means a group, a group that comes together, and we're a group of followers of Jesus Christ that come together for a purpose. And this mission statement is kind of our purpose, right? And so I want I want you to, as we look at this passage, to kind of be asking the question is of, of why am I here? What has God, why has God gifted and placed me here? What's my purpose of being a part of this church, a part of this uh, group of, of followers of Jesus that have come together? And so as we come to this, um, It's funny because like sometimes I sit here and I'm like, okay, so how can I explain something that's going to make sense to people, right? And what's really cool about this is like Paul already did this for me. and so um, we're gonna go with his here in a minute, but um, you know as we think about the church, right? like let's let's get let's get our minds focused on what you think of the church, right? Like this this gathered assembly, you know, there's usually a divide that happens pretty quick, right there's there's the pastor and the non-pastor, right? And I'm not I'm not trying to draw that. I'm just saying like we get this idea in our head, right? We get the people that do things and the people that come, right? We get we get the worship team and the people who sing, Listening to the worship team, right? Honestly, some worship, there's, there's a song I heard on the radio the other day that I was like, man, I haven't heard this before. It's so good. I went and looked it up. It's got a two-octave range. I can't sing that. I'm not going to bring it to you guys to sing it because, you know, we can't sing two octaves, okay? I can't. Like, we're not that guy. You're not here listening to us, right? Like, you know. So anyway, like, uh, like, like, what I want us to to break down is this idea of, there's the us and them, right? And that's the whole idea of this passage is there's not an us and them. There's a we, right? That's why this there's this divide happening because there's us and them. And, and the point of this passage is we're going to look at, well, what is what God doing? And so that's what he starts off with. He opens up, he says, or where we're starting, in verse number four, he says, there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So the first point we have here is really going to be a main point I'm going to talk about for a while. And it's, it's that there are many gifts, there's many ministries, there's many activities. There's another verse later on in the chapter that talks about there's many members, but there's only one God. There's only one God. What unifies us, why we gather together, is not because of my gifts or her gifts, and you know, like, it's not the different differences in each other that brings us together. What brings us together, what unifies us, what we can have unity in is one God. We preach Jesus Christ. He is the God of all creation who died on the cross and paid the penalty of our sins. That's what unites us. That's what we preach. That's what we proclaim. If we are not agreed on that, there's no reason for us to get together. It is Jesus Christ. He alone is the way that we can have life with God. Without Jesus, we are dead. So what unites us is Jesus. And so, for us to come together as a as a church, a, a, as, a, as a local gathered group of followers of Jesus, it's that we're all following Jesus. It's that simple. And where we start having, like, division is when we start following someone because they're gifted. And we start following someone because... Well, I like their personality better. And we start following someone because they have a title. Or we start following someone because they don't have a title. No, 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 no. We're all following Jesus. Don't follow me if I'm not following Jesus. Now listen, God God is actively working through his people. This passage is literally expressing that, right? Like God has given leadership in the church. God has given servants in the church. God has given different positions and titles. God has given different gifts. But if we're not using that to follow Jesus, then it's worthless. It's meaningless. Just go to the first part of chapter number 13. It doesn't matter your gift. It doesn't matter what you say or what you do, if it's not out of love, then it's a sounding gong. Here for a moment, and useless. We listen. We are all following Jesus. That's what unites us. And what I, what we want to recognize, and what, what I hope we try to recognize. Okay, so here, the example Paul gives us. If if we kept read, reading on, and I thought about reading the whole chapter, and I decided that's how we get a longer sermon. Um, so your homework is to go read First Corinthians twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Go read First Corinthians. You know, like uh, that's your homework. You, you go read the context of this. But the the next part of this this passage, Paul Paul starts talking about all right, So we're all members, you know. The, verse 12, he says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So he gives this illustration, like, okay, so he tells us this great thing. There's different gifts, there's different activities, there's different ministries, but there's only one Jesus, there's only one God. And so, how do we understand? Okay, well, the body, there is a human body. Okay, this is a pinky. Someone said it, yes. This is this is a this is a this is a ooh yeah here we go yeah this has a purpose right like th- there's there's all kinds of different members to a body right and so this should start making sense pretty quickly because this like let's just i mean i have one so here we go The beard, it's a beautiful and it's a wonderful gift, right? Um, uh, You know, people have come up to me in in the middle of summer and they'll be like, aren't you hot in there? And it's just like, no, it's, it's designed by God to keep me cool. It's like a swamp cooler. I sweat into it and then it like keeps me cool. It's really nice. You know, it's designed by God for this purpose, right? It's awesome. But here's the thing. My fingers don't make a good beard, right? Like, they don't have the same qualities that keep the temperature in. In fact, my fingers lose temperature more than anything else, like, uh, probably because I keep my toes in shoes, but, like, man, in the middle of the winter, like, I'm perfectly fine in a t-shirt, negative 20 degrees. I just need gloves and really good socks, right? Keep my fingers and toes warm, and I'll be happy. And, And my ears, but, yeah. No, I lose a lot of heat off my head. It's crazy. Uh, I'll be dripping in sweat. Um, so, listen, this is the example Paul gives us. is like, we're a body. Listen, like, we're looking at Jesus Christ. Jesus, he says it in the passage that Jesus is the head. Literally, we take our directions from the head. He is who guides us. He is who, who leads us. He is who gives us purpose and, and vision, right? Like, it is God who is leading us. And what I want us to kind of begin to recognize is is the Holy Spirit is like, if I can extend Paul's metaphor a little bit, the Holy Spirit is like the the nervous system. He's the part that is a part of all the different members that is speaking and guiding and giving uh, giving us direction and connecting us to God. Listen, we all... It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for one day or if you've been following Jesus for your entire life. We all need to be following Jesus Christ. And we all are going to do that because it is the Holy Spirit of our God that lives inside of us. He is going to speak to us. He's going to guide us. He's going to equip us. He's going to gift us. That's a lot of what he's talking about here. We'll talk about that more in a second. But like, We all have to be listening to the Holy Spirit. We as a local group of believers, followers of Jesus Christ, will never find unity. We will never find strength if all we're doing is relying on our giftedness or our own ideas or what common sense tells us. We're going to find unity when we all together, individually, are listening to the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And when we all individually are obedient and submissive to the God of all creation, then when we come together, it's pretty easy to be like, hmm, I think God's leading this way. Because he's leading you, he's leading me, he's leading you. We're all being led by the same God. How can we strengthen each other? Well, individually, we have to be listening to the Holy Spirit. We individually have to be submitting to what God is speaking. It's not just me. It's not just the worship team. It's not just whoever's serving with the children who are really loud downstairs, and we appreciate that, right? As a loud person, I appreciate loud people, right? I also get annoyed by them, but that's a different story. But It's more of a self-problem, but (coughs) listen, we all have to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, and what unifies us is that we have one God, and that one God is inside of each of us. We are not each our own God with our own relative truth, each deciding today what we want to do. We each day need to come before the God of all creation, and we need to lay down ourselves and we need to ask Him what He wants done. So, there's there's many different parts of us. There's di- many different members, and and within this, like there's different positions too, right? Like. As he goes on in the chapter, he talks about that near the end of the chapter, starting verse number 22, he, he talks about there's the this body of Christ, and there's all... God has given these different positions in the church. He's given apostles and pastors, and and, and, and uh, um, I'm trying to think of what all it says without reading it, because I said I wouldn't read the whole thing, but like, like God has given all these different uh, positions. Teachers is another one in there, sorry. Um He's given these different positions, and they're good things, but they're God-given. We're not supposed to be like running around being like, oh, I didn't get the title I wanted. No, no, no. Title, listen, titles don't mean that much in the realm of things, right? Being obedient to Christ, that has impact. You can have the right title, and you can be useless, a useless gong, right? And, and you can be what, uh, listen, God gives us. God has given us a position. He's granted us a position. And when we trust what he's called us to and where he's placed us and we're obedient to what he's doing, then we will find fulfillment and great success. And, and when I say success, I don't mean like numbers or finances or anything like that. I mean like a fulfilled life with God. Like that's, that's our goal is life with God. And so we can find fulfillment when we're being obedient to where God has placed us. Now, so there's, there's different positions, there's different um, members, um, and then there's also different gifts. Now, this is a really interesting one you guys like superhero movies who likes like I like participation who likes superhero movies all right I think Mr. Schwartz is going to get mad at me here in a second but I'm fine with that okay so think about superhero movies right like now I stopped watching the Marvel movies at the end of Infinity War because I liked the ending, right? Um, That's a joke, okay? Like, if you want to fight that, like, come talk to me. But in all honesty, I haven't watched any of the Marvel movies after that. I haven't seen Endgame. I haven't seen any of the others because there's so many movies. There's so many of them. Uh, But, like, we, you know, I want us to think, okay, like, pick in your head your favorite superhero, all right, like picture them like in all their glorious spandex or whatever, you know, like don't get, so think of this superhero and then make a list, make a list of all their superpowers, right? Like let's think of their superpowers. You're a, think of the superhero, think of their superpowers and then let's just imagine that, let's imagine we all in this room are a superhero and we're given superpowers, Right? But here's the weird thing. Instead of having the Avengers or the Justice League, instead, e- everyone in the whole room has the same superpowers. Oh, man, we're in trouble for all Aquaman. That's all I'm saying, right? <laughs> we're in big trouble. I don't see that much water around us. Listen. We can get this attitude, where God has given us this special superpower. Like, I, I, like, I don't want to get like super, like crazy or anything. But this spiritual gift that God gives us is a superpower, and we get the attitude after God has given us a superpower. To look at him and be like, oh, man, I wanted his superpower. Like, let's, let's, like, think about that. If your spiritual gift is, like, administration, I'm going to be completely honest with you. That's a superpower. I don't have it. I don't know how you get it. I don't know what it means. Like, they speak gibberish, right? Like, people who look at, they're like, oh, we should do this, this, and this. And I was like, man, I was just going to get it done the day before, you know? Like, the night before. Like, like, like these are people with this superpower of administration, like, I mean, they're crazy. I don't want that. But, man, the gift of hospitality. You know, the people that have never met a stranger, man, I kind of wish I could. Who cares what my gift is? Who cares? Like, like God has given. Like, I, like being honest. Like, I think God's given me a gift for teaching. Right? Like, like I, I love to communicate. And sometimes, like, let's be honest. Like, sometimes, like our gift is actually, like, our weakness, right? Like, we we rely on our gifts so much we don't actually study. We don't actually do the hard work, right? And so, like, there's a big danger in, like, relying on our superpower instead of doing, like, the hard work of actually following God, right? But, like, sometimes, like, we ignore the effect we can have where God has gifted us with power because we keep looking over there and we keep saying, oh, I wish I could be that person. I wish I could do Listen, as a group of believers, it'd be a really weird group if we all had the same powers. But God, the same God that's in each of us, has looked at Green River and He has said, hey, I need a group of believers with these powers, with these gifts with these different positions, with these different personalities. We need this group of really different people to come together, being obedient to God, and do something great. We all have different gifts. Listen, some of us might have the same gift. There's not that many gifts listed here. And I, I want to be clear, my opinion on these gifts, right? Like there's another two or three passages. There's at least one other like pretty close list of spiritual gifts and they're they're not the same ones. I don't think any of these lists are exhaustive. They tell us all of them, right? God can do whatever he wants and he can give you a gift that is meaningful and impactful for you and your context and the church that he has placed you in. So don't like run around like studying I don't like sometimes we get like really literal and we're like, "Okay, so this one means this and they have to do this." I'm not going to sit here and tell you what you have to do because your gift is. But here's what I want to tell you. Is if you're a part of God's church, if you're following Jesus, God has gifted you uniquely for a reason, for a purpose. What is that? And I think it's within the context of the church that you're going to find that. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean that that's what God has gifted you with. Listen, there's some people who are still fighting against their gifts. There's some people that God has given them a power to accomplish a work that he's called them to. And they're afraid of it. And we as a local group of believers are going to be able to look at each other and say, Hey, Pinky, you're a really good Pinky. Nose, you're a really good nose. Stop trying to be a foot. Like, this, the passage and like, if you keep reading, it's great. Paul gets, he's having fun. He's like, the nose doesn't get to tell the foot that he's a nose, right? Like, no. We're all who God created us to be. And then, as we follow Jesus, he uniquely gifts us with our gifts, our positions, our, our power. We have God inside of us. And He is uniquely gifting you. But I want us to notice two things. Verse number seven that we read. The manifestation of the spirit is given to each one of you for the profit of all. For the profit of all. You've been gifted for a purpose and for a reason, and it's not just for you. And as much as as much as our, our individual responsibility to follow Jesus, to love God, to love others, to share, to preach the gospel, as much as we have that individual responsibility, God has uniquely gifted us, and it's for the profit of all. Listen, our church, our local group of believers will struggle if you, a member of this body, hide your talents. If God's given you a unique gift that only you have and you deprive God's church of that gift, Just because you're not a nose? Just because you didn't get the title? No, if God's given you a gift, it wasn't for you to hide it. It wasn't for you to put it under a bushel, right? Like we start singing a song? No, God's given you a gift. Let's go straight. Sp- Spider-Man, While well, we're talking about superheroes, right? With great power comes great responsibility, God's given us a gift and power and position. God has given this to us for a purpose that it might be a profit for all. That we as a church might be able to encourage each other, to strengthen each other. It, literally in one, later in the, in the chapter, he talks about suffering, caring for one another. We care for each other. We love one another. We help each other. We all have been gifted in a way that we can do this effectively. And the only way we can do that is if we are each individually listening to God. What is God telling me? How is God leading me? How is God gifting me? How has God placed me in a position where I can care for this church? Why has God brought you? Two things I want us to know about what God is doing. Number one, it's for the profit of all. And number two, it's according to his will. Read verse number 11 with me again. But the one and same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Listen. I just realized I've said listen like 15 times. Hopefully you're still listening. Your gift, your power, your strength, your position, your ability, your talent, not your fault. You can keep taking credit for it and, you know, saying it's all yours until God takes it away. Your gifts, your talent your position, it's not your fault. It's according to his will. And the more we we follow our God, the more we develop a relationship with him and we begin to recognize who he is and what his heart is, what his desire is, the more we'll be able to recognize that God has given us everything that we have to accomplish his purpose. And his purpose is, It's it's for the good of all people for all time. So we need to begin to ask ourselves, like we, we as a church, why are we here? Why is Living Hope a member of God's church, his bride, the people that he died for? Why are we here in Green River? As you attend Living Hope Church, why are you here? What is God gifted you with? What is God speaking to you? Where is God placing you where you can show the love of God? Where you can show the greatness of our God? Where you can show the purposes of our God? Listen. There's, there are things that only you can do. It's not dependent on anyone else. And if you will recognize that you are here for a purpose and it's because God has placed you here. This, this, everything around us, it's not always about us. When we begin to see things as God sees them, when we begin to be obedient to what God is leading, we can do some great things. This church is poised to see God do great and wonderful things. But we could be like the church of Corinth that's so caught up in, well, I'm not that person, and well, they're not as godly as I am because I have this gift. And, and we can get really caught up in, in this divisiveness where it's about my strength and my gift and my power, my personality. And we have to recognize it's all from God. Stop relying on yourself Start relying on the one who is the giver of all good gifts. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Be obedient to him. Because he's leading. There's a lot happening. There's a lot that God is doing. As I've I've been sitting down and trying to get to know people, I'm always amazed by what God has done to bring us all to this point. And we would be foolish, number one, to think it's just for this point in time. We would also be foolish to neglect what God is doing today because we're we're thinking about a someday. God is working. God has worked in your life. He's gifted you. He's created you. He's molded you. He's leading you. He's equipping you. He's empowering you to do what only you can do for his kingdom. So what are you doing? What are you doing with the gifts and callings of God? Let me pray for us. Lord, we come to you today, and I, I'm thankful that you you do the impossible. Uh, because as I as I consider the work that needs to be done, and, and the the work uh, that I don't even know, uh, but I feel looming, uh, I recognize I can't do it. And so, Lord, I pray for our church. I pray for your church here in in Green River that you would. You would continually speak to us, that you would, um, that, that your voice would become not, not I don't want to say that your voice become commonplace, but I, I do want it to be regular. And, and I want us to hear you constantly. But Lord, when we are not following, when we are rejecting, when we are uh, uh, trying to live our own way, Lord, I pray that you'd call us back. But whatever means necessary, Lord, I pray that you would get our attention and that you would show us the work that you have for us, the good that you have for us, the desires that you have for living hope, the desires that you have for Green River, the desire that you have for Wyoming, for people. Lord, give us your desire for people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.